Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Well, welcome, Christ in us. Christ through us, Christ through the sake of the world, for the sake of the world. I I love that video that we just saw earlier. And we just want to say good morning to everyone here. Welcome to the lockdown. Um, Over this last few weeks, uh, we've been just reflecting on our vision. And originally our vision is together bringing life to London and beyond. And it's as true now as it's ever been. Uh, We're continuing this great adventure to give ourselves away to God, give ourselves away to one another, now virtually, and give ourselves away to the lost, the last, and the least in our city. And so we've been making this shift together, to gather virtually and to serve our city locally. And we do that through compassion and mission. And so we're an Isaiah 61 people, aren't we? It's our name. It's who our church is uh, it's named by. And Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on us because he has anointed us to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to set the captives free. And so we're making this shift together. Uh, but our mission remains... But our methods in this season are continually adapting. Uh, I read this week from a, a Chinese teacher who was last week reflecting on their lockdown over in China. And it's really nice. And I thought I'd just share it with you. And she says this, we're finishing our seventh week, seven weeks of being mainly housebound and seven weeks of uncertainty. But we're happy, we're healthy and we're humbled. We are, we are now allowed to move around freely. Most restaurants and shopping centres are now open and life is coming back to our city. As we watch the rest of the world begin their time inside, here are some of, some of her reflections on the last seven, seven weeks. Number one, she says, accept that you have no control over the situation. Let go of any thoughts of trying to plan too much for the next month or two. Things change fast. Don't be angry and annoyed at the system. Your anxiety will go down and make the best of the situation, whatever that might be for you. Accept that this is what it is and things will get easier. Try not to listen <coughs> to read or watch too much media. It will drive you crazy. There is this thing as too much. The sense of community that I felt during this time is incredible. I could choose who I wanted to spend my energy on, who I wanted to call, message and connect with. And I found the quality of my relationships has improved. Appreciate this downtime. When, when do you ever have time like this? I will miss it when we go back to the fast-paced speed of the real world. Time goes fast. I still haven't picked up the ukulele I plan to learn. And lastly, she says, you will learn to appreciate the little things. Sunshine through the windows, flowers blossoming, blossoming and being, enjoy, being able to enjoy a coffee in a cafe. To those at the beginning of this journey, you will get through it. Listen to what you're told, follow the rules, and look out for each other. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I just thought it was a really, really fantastic, uh, fantastic example of what, what has happened with a person in lockdown. 
And so we know by now that coronavirus spreads extensively through coughing, through sneezing, through breathing, and it attacks the lungs. And we've been warned to maintain this two metre distance from each other. I don't know about you, if you've been walking around the common, people are kind of maintaining their distance or queuing up for shopping, giving each other a kind of a, a knowing smile. But then life goes on. Um, and we're, we've been told to avoid people uh, from br who breathing over them. What we've done now is we've closed our office. Uh, we've been working uh, at our home, and I've been looking at a part. Of, I've been working at a part of my home where I just overlook the common. I love big sky, and so these last few days of just uh, seeing birds fly past, watching the sky, overlooking the common, has been really, really fantastic. I'm aware in my breathing that the enemy wants to attack me. Um, I mentioned uh, last week that I used to uh, have regular visits to a psychologist. During that time, I had problems with my breathing and I would have pain across the right side of my, my chest and uh, the doctor told me, if you get any more pain, you have to go to A&E. And I remember on my way to the uh, psychotherapist uh, one morning on the train just again my, my breathing began to uh, just to suffer and pain went across the right side of my chest and uh, like a good man I went to the A&E the next day and once I was there uh, they, they kind of told me all the things that I, I needed to do to to practice breathing and so this last week I've been taking these deep almost defiant breaths against the enemy and what I've been doing is I've been trying to consciously inhale the Holy Spirit, trying to breathe in hope and trying to consciously exhale fear, uncertainty, grief, but quietly receiving the spirit afresh inside of my body. As I breathe in, the breath of God, I believe, has been giving me hope and not harm. He's been restoring health and not sickness, and he's been giving me life to the full. Each deep breath that I take is an invitation I'm trying to make. I've been trying, each moment I'm trying to take and receive the Holy Spirit again. And so this week I've been thinking about breath and its powerful metaphor that we find throughout the scriptures. In Genesis 2, uh, God breathes breath into Adam's nostrils and he comes alive. In Ezekiel 37, he prophesies to the valley of dry bones. And he says he's prophesied breath and he prophesied life. And we see this resurrection happening in the valley. And then in the story that we're going to look at in John chapter 20, Jesus, he breathes upon his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so as I'm taking these death, deep breaths in this week, I'm breathing in hope that no virus can kill. I've heard, you know, as I've been walking around the common, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I hope we can just get back to normal. In the last couple of weeks, I'm not hoping things go back to normal, if I'm honest. Because many, for many of us, normal was comfortable. For many of us, normal was just selfish. For many of us, normal was just spiritually safe. I really, I'm not hoping we go back to normal. 
Normal for some of us was spiritually diluted. We were lukewarm. We were purposeless and powerless. In Revelation, it talks about the bride, which is the church, meeting Jesus, the bridegroom. And it calls us something. It calls us overcomers. In Revelation, it says of us as individuals, as a, as a church, that we will be overcomers. Maybe this is our time to get our name. And so I believe with all of my heart, as I've been praying, praying and praying and praying, that this is a wake-up call for, for, for us as individuals, but also as a church, to stand strong, to stand united, to be bold in what we know, that Jesus is our saviour. He is the saviour of the world. And our hope in this time, as I breathe in, is, is hope in our saviour. Uh, last week I made, for some of you who are watching, last week I made this proposal that you and I are carriers of hope. Um, the question I kind of posed is, is what we have worth catching? You see, fear, as we know, is contagious, but we believe faith is as well. We believe hatred and anger is contagious, but so is love. Worry, anxiety, it's totally contagious, but so is hope. And a bit like this lady in China, I pray that we don't go back to normal. I pray that something out of this time of lockdown creates in you this um, uh, in infectious hope that it will invade your life, but also in the lives of other people around you. And so what are you? You're a carrier, whether you know it or not. But are you a faith spreader? Are you a love giver? Are you a hope dealer? Uh, and I hope I'm speaking to some carriers here today because what you're carrying is when you catch it is passion, passion for Jesus. Um, we have really good news and good news is contagious. Good news spreads. And many of you, well, many of us in a, in, as we walk around, many, of us, many people that we meet uh, or interact with are, are hopeless they're afraid, they're uncertain, and they're looking for hope during this time. I hope that there'll be someone out there that will say, oh yeah, I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to let the hope inside of me become contagious. Hope is contagious, love is contagious. And we heard uh, this week someone at church and their friend, they, they were just going about their day and their husband said to her, you know, I, I, I want to pray again. I want to find what you have in Jesus. And so she led, this wife led her husband to, to Christ and led him into this infectious hope, this kingdom of God that will never end. Um, I just thought it's wonderful. This is hope. This is the hope that I think people need. And so my questions that I want to pose, pose today is, is what you're carrying worth catching? And for some of you, how do I catch it in the first place? And so I want to share a portion of scripture today from uh, John 20. It's in the New Testament. And my talk today is entitled Breath of God, Breath of God. Um, and the Gospel of John, a fantastic book, Gospel of John describes various times where the apostles stayed in the upper room in, when they were in Jerusalem. And significant events happened in the upper room as you read the, the Gospel of John. It's where Jesus washed his disciples' feet in John 13 and, and he showed them what servant leadership looks like. It was where, he, uh, where the Last Supper took place. And he showed them and introduced them to what he must do to suffer and die and how we are to remember him. 
He then spoke in his discourses in John 14, 15, 16 about this intimate relationship that he has with the Father, with the Spirit. And so now in John 20, we join, we join them again in the upper room. But this isn't a place where uh, it's, um, the, the disciples are learning and they're describing. It's a place where there's full of anxiety. It's a place of self-isolation. It's a place where they're gathered, they're afraid, they're full of uncertainty after the death of Jesus. And so if you have a Bible, uh, mine's on my chair. If you have a Bible... Um, being at home means, thank you, thank you, being at home means is we can read, we can grab a book, we can grab the Bible, we can grab it in our hand. Uh, instead of a copy on our phone, instead of having our Bible on our phone, see what happens is when we read uh, the scriptures on our phone, our minds pattern match. When we pick up our phone, we're seeing all of our notifications. We're thinking about all the things that uh, are happening in the world. Uh, our minds then pattern match as soon as we pick up the phone. And so we create a different relationship to the Bible on our phone than we do with a book. When we open up the scripture, it's just there's no notifications. It's just you and the relationship that you have with, with, the, with the Spirit through the Bible. And so um, I really, really want to recommend you, you, you look at over the next few weeks, months, that you, you grab your, your hard copy of the Bible. It's precious. It's fruitful. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to stand together as we open up and as we read the Word together. So where, wherever you are, uh, why don't we stand and let's read the Scriptures together. We're going to read from uh, John 20, verse 19, when Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, uh, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the word of God. It's absolutely true, and it was given to you and me in love. You can sit, you can stand, uh, whatever, you, whatever you feel like doing. And so what we have here is Jesus has now risen from the dead, which again is an amazing feat in its own right. And then he did something weird. He did something really weird. The resurrected king, the first thing he does is he walks right up to his disciples and he breathes on them. What's going on? Let's say I came, after the service today, I came and knocked on your door. You opened the front door. And I, I welcomed you and I said hello and I just began breathing on you. You would go, what's going on, dude? Please don't stop that. Please stop that. And this week I've heard of bloggers and the COVID-19 police complaining about the joggers who are running and breathing all over everyone. And uh, it's a problem. Breath at the moment is a problem. And the problem that the disciples had at the moment is that they are currently, in John 20, paralysed by fear. 
because their, their leader, their so-called Christ, has been disgracefully killed. He's been cursed on a tree. And the kingdom that they put their hopes in and now is just now a kind of a mirage. They're left with nothing. All of their plans, all of their dreams, all of their certainties are cancelled. They're living in this moment uncertain about the future. And what was certain about them and what's certain about us now is that nothing is certain anymore. Uh, this is really familiar. This, as I looked at this scripture uh, this week, this is a, a scripture for today. And what we see is not only are they paralysed by fear, but they're also disconnected from their community. The community that they've been part of, some of them have been born into, they're now having to self-isolate. They're huddled round together. These 11 men are huddled round together behind locked doors, cut off from everyone. And in a way, they're almost disconnected from God as well because some of their rituals, some of their traditions have now stopped. They would go to the temple every day to worship. They would uh, uh, enjoy fellowship with other people, other Jews. And their relationship with God, with God is now, has now changed because of their environment. But also, this is something that we don't suffer at the moment in terms of persecution in the West. For them as disciples, we'll, we'll being Jesus' friend cost us our lives, cost them their lives. So I think it's safe to say there's a bit of tension in the room. In that upper room at the moment, there's a bit of tension. Um, but also, they might have been thinking, what do we do now? We've lost our jobs. We've lost our community. We've lost our ministry. Um, isn't that our question as well for some of us? And so in the middle of this mess, this is where Jesus steps in. He comes to speak a word to them. And by extension, he's speaking a word to us. And he says this. He says, peace be with you. He has to say it twice in verse 19 and verse 21. I don't know what happened the first time, but he had to repeat himself because it was so important. He says, peace be with you. And he's reminding his disciples and he's reminding us about the peace that they need the peace that we need. And then he says something else. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And he's reminding them of the purpose that he's given them. And then thirdly, and this is what he does, and he breathes on them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus here, the third thing he's doing, is reminding them of the power that they need. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go through, through them one by one. So number one, receive the peace that you need. Um, Viv's going to come up here and help us lead us in a time of breathing prayer or breath prayer. Viv. Just where you are, uh, you might find it easier to sit up fairly straight, feet on the floor if at all possible, and I just invite you to close your eyes. I'd like to invite you to take a deep breath or two. Just breathe in the peace of God. Breathe out any and all anxiety or doubt or fear. Just release it over to God. Come present to your body, to what you're feeling in your body. Is there anxiety in your chest or your gut? Is there sadness in your belly? Is there grief in your heart? Just become aware of your body. Rest into God's presence 
and love that's all around you, that's in you, in the depth of your being. Just find that deep center in your spirit where your spirit touches God's spirit. I just invite you to draw to mind whatever sadness you have or fear. Just let it come to the surface. Don't judge it. Don't ignore it. Don't deny it. Don't let your mind obsess over it. Just let it come to the surface. And then as quickly as it comes up, just as quickly turn it over to Jesus. Just give it away. Just release it. Just let go in your inner heart over to Jesus. And receive in its place the joy of Jesus, who some people have called the most happy human being to have ever lived. Who was, quote, anointed with the oil of joy over all his companions in the language of the Psalms and of the Hebrew of Hebrews. Holy Spirit, come. Give us your joy. Anoint us with the oil of joy more than most in our city, in our roads, in our work, online. And not a joy that's a fake, happy, clappy joy or that doesn't take seriously the gravity of the moment, but a joy in spite of the gravity of the moment, not in denial of it. Give us both a radical acceptance, wisdom, caution, and all of that. But God, give us your grace to rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. Thanks, Viv. So we just want to remind, remind you that Jesus meets you in your room. And this is the breathing room or the upper room in a, in a nutshell. It's a people cut off from every source of life, locked in a room, when suddenly they find things that they, they were doing before are different now that Jesus walks in. And God is here. What we're realizing that God is here. God wants to meet you. Just like Jesus, he meets his disciples and he breathe, he's breathing new life into them. Okay, so if number one is about receiving peace, number two now is Jesus reminding them of, of their purpose. And he says this, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The, the breath of God throughout the Bible always animates, always helps to bring life, uh, and always helps us to, bring, to make us come alive again. Remember, after God shaped and formed humans, he breathed life into them. God did, when God did something, he always breathed his life into them. In Ezekiel, um, well, he, Ezekiel's prophesying to the valley of dry bones, and he prophesies his breath, the breath of God and life, and these dry bones suddenly get resurrected. 
And so in this story in John 10, in comes Jesus in the middle of their mess. Uh, You see, Jesus loves to invade mess. Uh, I've seen it time and time again in my own life, in the lives of other people. Uh, He loves to invade uncertainty, fear, sickness, and he comes to restore, to revive, and reset. He was known as the healer because that's what he did, and that's what he still does. He knows everything, and he knows all of our messes, all of our mistakes, all of our sin, all of our sickness, all of our shame. And this is the time where he considers it's his favorite place to come into the mess. He walks right in, and sometimes he walks right in uninvited. Whether you're in a locked room like the disciples, whether you're in a pit of anxiety, whether you're in the middle of the worst thing that you've ever done, in the middle of your mess, or my mess, is the time where Jesus loves best. And he saw each of the disciples in the upper room, and I want to say he sees you in your room. He sees you right now in your room. And I don't know uh, how far in the pit you are. What I do know is what's happening is my mum works for the Samaritans and their phone lines are off the chart at the moment with people suicidal, anxiety, fear, hopelessness, abuse. What we know now in our society is that fear is rising. But this is the moment where Jesus loves best. And, and I really believe that this is the time where Jesus comes and enters our society, but also enters your room. I don't know what habits you've been in. I don't know what uncertainty you're, you're in at the moment. I don't know what suicidal thoughts that you've been in. I don't know how far down the pit you are. We'll often say to people in the middle of their mess, have you reached rock bottom yet? And some people say no. I, I want to go a bit further. But what we know is that Jesus comes in, in the pit where, where you and I have been. I've known that from my, my own life. Um, but during this time, for some of you, uh, just God has given you in your room a new sense of purpose, a new sense of vision. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Some of you are receiving during this period your life purpose. And please, God, let us not go back to normal. Please, God, let us not go back to that place of normal. Okay, lastly, number three, receive the Holy Spirit. Throughout the scriptures, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God came with power. In 2012, God spoke to me about the church that he was building in this part of London. And he said to me, he said, I don't want you to be, I don't want this church to be the best church in in the community. I want it to be the best church for the community. And so we've just tried to be faithful to that call. The other thing that God spoke to me was that if the church shut down in 10 years time, let's say we launched the church, so we've been, we've been going nearly five years. If the, God said to me, if the church shut down in 10 years time, would our community notice? All of a sudden, the church across the world its buildings have shut down. And what we try to do as, as much as we can is to uh, inspire each one of us to be extenders of the kingdom of God every day, everywhere, and in every way. And we've tried to be as radically generous in our compassion, but also to, to extend the power of God that will show and tell thousands of people about Jesus' love and his supernatural power. This is our time. 
the church is closed, and I'll go back to that word that God spoke to me, be the best church for the community. And I, we really need some power now. What happened in, with the upper room, when Jesus breathed life into them, what we see in the, the next chapter and into Acts is we see the response in the upper room after Jesus breathed life, life upon them. This is where the faith of the doubt in Thomas emerged. Doubt in Thomas became faith-filled Thomas. And then in Acts 2, this is where tongues of fire appear to them in Pentecost. And they were filled, Acts 2 says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that event marks the birth of the church because they needed power. And so I want to just find out as we land now, just how do we encounter God in our room? How do you and I encounter God in our upper room? Because in each, inside, each one of us, in, inside each one of us, there's an upper room where we get to experience the living and manifold presence of God. Wherever we are, whenever we take time to listen, to speak, to receive God, to, we can experience his life-giving breath. We can experience the breath of God. I was looking at the, the calendar. We have got about six or seven weeks till Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate the birth of the church. We celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I pray over these, these next weeks, uh, may the rooms that you reside in become places where God can do a deep and mighty work within you. May you have fire. May you have power. May you see healing and miracles in, in your own upper room. May you find purpose in your life and what you're doing. This morning, as I was praying, God spoke to me, and he, he said about Exodus 14, 14, and it says, um, be, uh, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And that's maybe something for someone here, that the Lord is going to fight for you, and Lord, the Lord is creating a place where you can be still to receive his peace, receive his purpose, and receive his power. Even now, where you are, receive his, his fire. Receive the Holy Spirit now. Allow him to breathe upon you. So what we're going to do is what we do, what we always do around here, is we're going to just minister God's grace. We're going to believe that right where you are, the Spirit of God is going to touch you. And so we've had a number of words of knowledge and senses coming in. What I want to do is just pray pray this first and then uh, we're going to give some words of knowledge in, and then Chloe's going to lead us in a song. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm just going to grab my phone. This wouldn't be a, a service without some some complications. Let me just grab my phone. Um, we've had some, we've had some uh, words come in on our stream. Let me just read, read a few. For some of you, maybe here, feeling like we need prayer for medical professionals. Uh, we want to pray for medical professionals that are literally providing breath to suffocating people as first responders or through providing ventilators. We want to pray for individuals here. We want to pray for people struggling in relationships, people who have lost jobs and money. 
We want to pray for an end to fevers, coughing and sickness. In two, another word which says in 2 Chronicles, it says if we humble ourselves, pray and seek his face. Other things, people needing miraculous provision in England and the world. God making heavenly highways, so be expectant. There's also someone here, and um, it feels like you've got to dust off your Bible. It feels like God is provoking you just to dust off your Bible, begin this relationship with the, with the Scriptures and with the Word. I also want to pray for people if you, you have any angina, if you also have some heart conditions, if you have pain right now in the, in the upper chest, it might be literal pain, or it might be that there's some physical uh, symptoms related to the upper chest or your lungs, any conditions with the lungs, we want to pray for you. So as we go into worship, just receive what the Lord has for you now. Become expectant that God is going to breathe upon you and minister to you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.